This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Oli Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. We are going to have a very interesting episode as I get to discuss walking behavior across the lifespan. And we have a brilliant guest for the episode. Our guest is a professor and a dean of the College of Health and Human Services in University of North Carolina at Charlotte. She has published over 300 articles and is one of the most cited authors in the field of physical activity. Her paper, How Many Steps Per Day Are Enough? Preliminary Pedometer Indices for Public Health has been cited over 1,200 times. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Professor Catherine tudor Lock. Welcome, Catherine. Well, thank you for having me, Ali. This is a joy. Uh, in, in another episode, Arto Pesola, Dr. Arto Pesola was saying his advice that he's thinking about what will, will be the conclusion sentence of the study, that it will be something practical, it will give something, and that's how he goes backwards. Do, do you have any this kind of advice, or what do you think? For about writing, this? for writing. Um, and article writing and grant writing are two different arts. That's for sure. I could go on about the two of those. But from a writing point of view, uh, yes, when I work with my young young uh, researchers, I talk, write, write your purpose statement, make sure you've got your purpose statement, you know, and, and your hypothesis, have those solid, right? And then write backwards from them to justify those. That would be the introduction. Um, the results are the easiest thing to write. You just write exactly what happened. And then the discussion is when you chew it around and talk ramifications and so on. But I'd have to agree, you know, at the very end, I'm trying to write what I call the punchline, What's the main takeaway? And I'm trying, as as you said, you know, try to be practical. What is what is useful from this? And when I write, I try my best to be understood by as many people as possible. So I try not to be jargony. I try to um, provide definitions. I try to help the reader from one sentence to the next sentence, so that they can get what I'm trying to say to them. And so um, writing clearly and uh, succinctly and purposefully is is also a uh, an ongoing practice. I'll continue that all my life. Mm. And, and how do you feel about, like you said, that don't be jargony, but somehow sometimes we feel that science needs to be something a little bit more complicated do you think it should be really simple or how do you kind of keep that it feels science but not being complicated? right well i provide definitions i never try to if i have to use uh, you know a, a, a word that's that's a, a jargony word let's call it i always will make sure i provide the definition right there where the person needs it typically in parentheses right after i've introduced it even if the audience might know it there are people who are going to be reading my stuff who don't know it. So I try not to make assumptions of what the reader knows coming to my article. I try to provide them what they need when they're reading it as they're going along. Hmm. 
And and then about the career advice, I had a chance to talk with the Professor Neville Owen, and his his advice was that he doesn't want Da Vinci's that are doing everything, but you need to be consistent and have like concentrate on something. And I can see that you have concentrated on steps and cadence, and you have kept that. What what would be your advice of building a career yeah i mean it's good to have what a research line a story right you know a story that you can tell and but at the same time when a young person's first thing starting out they might have a couple different stories that they're trying to see which of these is going to work out and that's okay you know and, and eventually you'll start to see one that's kind of giving way that's that's giving more information to you and so on uh but you do want to try and build a story uh or a research line. And that being said, in your career, you can step off into different things. Like today we focused on on steps and cadence, but I I also, you can find some stuff. I did some work on children uh, walking to school. I've also done stuff on um, uh, type two diabetes. I've, I've done some work on that. I did some work on dog walking. Uh, I uh, have done some work on a, a workstation alternative, so pedal desks and, and treadmill desks. So I have enjoyed some tangents. And uh, yet what I'm recognized for, and I recognize that, is the step counting. Um, and, but you can still have these um, tangents that you can explore that are just stimulating and fun. And that, that's, that makes research fun. Mm. And and what would be you have probably had a lot of PhD students applying for a position, postdocs, and other other positions. What would be your advice when applying for a job, when doing the documents, cover letters? What what's your lessons from? Well, there? you know what, um, I actually like it when students reach out to me from wherever and just say, "Hey." You know, and just do a cold call or just say, hi, I'm this person. Uh, I'm about to finish here. I have these interests. Uh, I may or may not have an opening. I'm going to have some openings in the next year. Uh, I may or may not have some openings, but I will know others who might have it. So it's okay to check into uh, and and contact your heroes and and uh, just say hey I'm interested in the work you've done you know I'd like to explore this further if, if do you have anything or are you aware of it Please, don't hesitate to to reach out and, and interact uh, whether it's at a conference or in a virtual setting or uh, you know just sending an email hmm and you said that you might have new yes. openings. Would you like to advertise them? <laughs> yes. I, I think I mentioned that we are very sure we're going to be getting a grant uh, in the coming year. We scored very well. And uh, we're going through the, the motions of settling that up. So I'd say I'm 98% sure I'm going to get that. So that's a pretty confident setting. Uh, but I will have postdoc positions and PhD student positions that I'll be looking at um, hiring later this spring and probably for the next five to seven years. Mm. And and then if we, I, I can see you are, you are very energetic and you are doing the admin, you are doing research, you are doing many things. How do you, what kind of advice you would give like this? Quite a bit of 
burnout in academia, there's maybe not the perfect job satisfaction. What would be your advice on this? You know what? Um, first of all, job satisfaction. Best job ever. Best job ever. And because I came into academia late in life, um, so I'm what's considered a mature student. And before that, I was working in retail and I was working in not-for-profits and talk about burnout. Uh, so when I stumbled into higher education and into research and science and the cre being creative and autonomous and, oh my gosh, what a life, what a life. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, you are rejected. Yes, um, it, you know, it comes with its, its, um, times where you've got to reflect on it, but what an, what an opportunity to interact with people internationally, across disciplines. Uh, I'm kid in a candy shop most days. It's just wonderful. And, and I feel like I'm doing something purposeful. And now as an administrator, I feel like I'm, I'm impacting others' lives, students, faculty, staff. I'm, I'm making a difference. And so those are the things that, that keep, keep you going forward. But to manage the work is you can't do this alone. Oh my gosh. Get some friends. Get some, get some colleagues. Get, uh, some interdisciplinary people surrounding you who challenge your thinking and who expand you. And like I say, hire the best team and arrange the people around you who support you and uh give you what you need to to succeed and then you'll you'll enjoy every day even when it's coming at you hard mm. so so you would say it's the best job in the world and 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 advice is to get great great uh colleagues around you but it it still seems there's quite a bit of burnout and problems why why do you think is that do do people kind of have a wrong approach don't they see the meaningfulness or the impact they are doing what, what do you think is is wrong with the system or with the with the persons how they approach well you know we talk about resilience and resilience the idea to be able to bounce back right so uh if And it's tough to train somebody in resilience without having them go through failure. So when I work with young people and I'm trying to teach them resilience, and if they're winning and they win a lot, it's like in my head, I'm going, oh, they need a failure soon. They need a failure soon. Because if you're, if you're used to winning, 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 the first time you fail, it's going to just take you off the the tracks and you're going to to quit and you're going to give up and you're going to go open a card shop somewhere or something like that. And it's just like, no, 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 no. I want you to be able to have, you know, with my support, fail a little, lift you up, fail a little bit more, lift you up, fail a little bit more. You can still manage this. And the more of those failures you've racked up and then you get a success. Oh, that tastes so sweet, right? That tastes so sweet that you keep going after that drug. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going back in there again and you fail again and that's okay. But it's like being entrepreneurial. We talk about entrepreneurial scientists. Entre the idea of an entrepreneur doesn't always mean capitalism. Art entrepreneurial means that you are a go-getter, that you are, um, 
you are resilient. You are used to the idea of failing quickly and getting up and trying it again. That's an entrepreneur. So trying to uh, provide this entrepreneurial spirit to our young scientists um, is, is um, I'm very interested in, in supporting the up and comers, the ones who are going to replace me. I'm very interested in, in trying to help them have that, that the metal to succeed. This podcast is sponsored by Fibion. Uh, my name is Dr. Paul Batman, and I'd like to just say a few words about Fibion. Um, I've used it a number of times on different projects that I've been involved in and find that it's incredibly reliable, very valid and incredibly sturdy. I love the graphics that come with it. It really is very clear and can easily see the active and inactive periods as well. So I'd certainly recommend Fibion to anyone that's interested in finding out more about sedentary behaviour, particularly the concept of sitting and how we can possibly break it up with some really good, valid information. Fibion, from researchers to researchers. Mm, I, I think that's a great point. I'm I'm an entrepreneur and have been a researcher also, so I, I think I... I follow you there with the with the fail fast, and I I think the academics have a different attitude, and I think they could be. How do you how do you foster this in your team, or do you have any special ways of doing it? How do you encourage people to fail fast, or what's what's your approach? Yeah, so I mean, we have dialogue. I meet with my team twice a week, but uh, even as an administrator. So we have dialogue, and then they can reach me anytime. But we have constant dialogue, and I try to discuss and share my stories. We find out where they're at. Um, we find out what are they struggling with right now. Uh, we have the team approach where everybody's coming around to help problem solve for the individual. Uh, if we need to bring in more people to help out, we do that. Uh, and you're trying to constantly help them find the resources. What is it that you need to manage the struggle you're undergoing right now? And uh, that seems to foster that. And then quickly, as part of a team, then they start to embrace that culture as well. And they also are giving as much as they are getting. Um, so, like I say, you can't do this alone. If you are, you're going to you're going to fail the whole thing. Uh, you need. You need your team. Mm, yeah, and and I I think for many many researchers the admin is the the worst part of the job. The bureaucracy kind of slow move, sl slowly moving system in in universities in a big institutes. You have you have went to admin intentionally, so you are one of the few. How how is your attitude? How do you? manage the administration tasks what is the attitude how do how do you approach and stay stay positive with, with well you them? know that's an interesting thing i think that's a uh, you know that's unfortunate that we pass this on to our young uh researchers and such that administration is the dark side right that's the common sort of thing ah you've gone over the dark side and it's unfortunate because it's a folklore that we pass on and I'd like to see it as I'm an enabler. And, and yes, we have to work through systems. And yes, there are rules. And yes, there's are policies. But I'm there to help you navigate that. I'm there to help push it away, to allow you to spread your wings. I'm there to 
be that person who provides the pathway forward. And the fascinating thing, Ali, is I've now mentored uh, postdocs and PhD students while I've been an administrator. So they get to see me in that capacity. They see when I step away and become the researcher. They see me when I step away and be the administrator. They know they have to work through my executive assistant to get to me and so on. So they, they see that. And we've had discussions and I say, so now that you've worked with me, would you ever consider admin? And they go, yes. And I'm just saying, yes. I mean, they are like 20 or more years out from taking on a high level administrative position. But I'm so excited that I exposed them to this possibility this early in their life, because a lot of the young people I work with before that could only see out five years, could only see getting the tenure, could only see, you know, getting the, the, the next thing. And I'm going, you got a career ahead of you that's for some people 30, 40 years or more, right? And for, for a young person to say, yeah, I, I've been, I have been, impacted by what I've seen you accomplish and what you've done. And I can see that in my future. And I'm going, I'm, I'm happy. I mean, I'll be dead and cold in the ground by the get to, by the time they get to it, but happy that they can even embrace the idea. Mm. So, so you said that as an admin, you see yourself as an enabler. You enable things. Do you have any any other things how to how to see that it it's it's a nicer, a meaningful work? To right. Do? Again, because of the unfortunate folklore that we've uh, you know talked about in men's, uh, the the young researchers are scared of their chairs, their deans, their their provosts, and whoever else is in in power, and so they will not engage in conversation. They'll hide from them. Uh, they'll think the worst of them. And it's absolutely the opposite. Um, I have worked with a number of admin administrators who are very authentic individuals, who are very interested in the success of their faculty and staff. Every one of us in an admin used to be a PhD student somewhere, right? And so we've sat on that side of the table. We understand that intimately. Um, and so it, I would say engage your administrators, have the discussions with them, you know, step up to leadership positions where there are opportunities, learn, and uh, and being, <clears throat> being an administrator is, uh, like I say, the joy comes in other successes. So not only do I get excited about my own success, which is all fun and well, but now I've amplified this because I've got 200 faculty and staff and their successes make me joyous because I get to brag about them and pretend like it's my success. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. This is this is very interesting discussion about about the admin side, and I think you bring a really interesting perspective on it. I'm thinking that I will publish this as the own part, and I'm already thinking of the title. That is it. Admin is not the dark side, or what would be your suggestion? No, that that, that is absolutely it. Side. Once upon a time, um, there was a couple of us women uh, researchers who had gone into administration. Um, and we had thought we'd do a, a, a special 
symposium at ACSM, but they didn't accept it. And I'm going, oh, you're lost, guys. I mean, that would have opened up so many young people because especially <clears throat> those of us, uh, so many of our, again, young people, you know, they're they're working with researchers. They're, they've got grants and they've, they think that research is it and they're going to be a mini-me. They're going to be the researcher and, 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 and they think of the administration as the, the, the dark side and the people to be worked around and, and the killjoys and all that sort of stuff. And I'm going, oh my gosh, it is, that's, that's such a sad story that we have translated to our young people because they've got to learn how to work with it, navigate the system and see themselves in those positions because there's lots of opportunity in, uh, to make a difference in administration and uh, to make an impact. Mm. And and I think many people forget that when you have a bureaucratic system and humans are as numbers in a way, it is equal because then you actually treat everyone the same way and through the process. So it's actually the basis of equality. And Ollie, I also have to have to say that, you know, again, part of the folklore is that, oh, if you go into administration, your your research career is dead. Like, you know, you're no longer, you know, you're not no longer one of us. And I'm going, what? And so that was one of the reasons I actually insisted. I said, I'm going to be research active. And, and uh, the people who hired me here said, nobody's ever done that. And I said, well, I'm going to do it. And um, I here I am about to get another grant. So uh, and, and I credit the reviewers of my grant also you know, understanding that I could do both because it is, it, it would have been possible for my reviewers to say, oh, well, she can't do research anymore. She's an administrator. But um, I credit them for being able to see that, yes, I still have interesting research questions to ask and I can still assemble a team to make this happen. And and I can be an administrator, so uh, I, I'm I'm happy that that they they could see that. Mm. And and how do you manage time? How do you have any tips? Do you do you share like different tasks for a different part of a day, or how how do you how do you manage your time? <clears throat> Again, it's team. <laughs> you know what I mean. It is really team. And I'm I'm fortunate that um, I have. Not only my faculty research and, and team, but I also have my administrative team. So I'm at a level now where I have an executive assistant who uh, books things for me and schedules things for me and, and makes sure that I have what I need as I'm going to meetings. So that's helpful. Uh, and then I also have associate deans who work very close to me that um, I'm able to delegate important things too, so that they have that, so that I can focus in my administrative role as a dean more as a visionary and more on external relationships with um, corporations and uh, not-for-profits and our alumni. So that's the role that I play right now as as an administrator. Um, and uh, and also relationship building. So I try to, uh, you know, have good relationships with my faculty and staff and team members. And, and so that's where I focus um, a lot of my, my energy. And then um, 
when it comes to writing, uh, again, I'm writing in teams. And so uh, they often are doing the heavy lifting. And then I come in afterwards and do more of the um, editing and or or conceptualizing originally. So uh, again, I'm not doing it all. I'm uh, it's it's um, it's shared work. Yeah, sounds sounds really good. Do you have any any final remarks you would like to say? Well, I I mean, like I say, I keep saying about the young people, but that's because I'm at the closing in of my career. You know, I'm probably like I say, five to seven years out from calling it a day, and uh, I never actually thought I'd say that because I when I was younger, I just thought I'd work forever, and. <laughs> Now I'm going, no, 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 I think I could step away from this. I'll probably always write and I'll probably always try to mentor uh, in some way or another. So I enjoy those aspects, but it'll be on my own time. And so I'm interested in the those who are, will replace me, the the up and coming, the the young people. And I would say that there's still, there's lots of opportunity and uh, don't buy into the stories of that it's going to be worse off. It's going to be harder. It's going to be more challenging. You know, don't, don't give in to those stories. Instead, look at um, the opportunity that there is, the impact that you can have to do good and uh, make things better and know that your contributions are, as a scientist, you're creating new knowledge. Somebody's never known this before, and that's exciting. And uh, you can really work to make the world better. So uh, don't give up on that. Keep, keep pushing. Nice, nice last words. Thank you for taking time for this podcast, Catherine. Thank you, Ollie. I enjoyed myself today. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.